Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. My name is Laura Bowen, and I'm the Executive Director for USTA Florida, and we have a very hot topic to cover this week, and I have two awesome superstar women who are going to help tackle this tough discussion that we're going to have today about schools and after schools. So first up, we have Danielle Gooding. Danielle is our Director of Community Tennis at USTA Florida. And we also have joining her is Magalie Holt. And Mag is our Community Play Coordinator at USTA Florida. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having us. So you are two brave souls. You're going to tackle a super topic here that hopefully we get a lot of comments on because that's kind of what we want. So I'm going to jump right into our questions today. Obviously, schools is a really hot topic of debate right now, not just in Florida, but across the country. So Danielle, I wanted to start with you as a parent with two wonderful young ladies that you're raising. What are you hearing and seeing in terms of the comfort level among both parents and teachers regarding their return to school this fall? Well, thank you, Laura, for those kind words. Um, I hope we are becoming wonderful women, young women. Um, but I have, you know, as you can imagine, I've, I've heard it um, from one um, extreme to the other. It's, it's, it just covers the whole board in terms of comfort level. Um, speaking on the, on the, from the perspective of a parent, um, I'll start with that. Um, you know, I have, uh, confidence in the schools. I have confidence in um, the teachers. So I'm, my comfort level is is pretty good. Um, I I think um, I'd like to see a little more information in terms of, of what they're putting out in terms of guidelines. And I know that the CDC just released theirs. So um, I think it's a matter of timing. Information is coming in every day. So uh, teachers are being updated, schools are being updated, um, administrators are being updated, and they have to then um, adjust to that information. And I've also heard from other parents where, you know, depending on also their child and, and possibly any health um, compromises that they have to consider, um, that those are the factors that they have to um, uh, think about when they make their final decision. So, Honestly, it's it's been really really interesting to see um, everyone has a different situation. Um, everyone has a different comfort level, um, and I think it's a matter of what is going to be right for the family. In terms of the teachers, you know, I have heard as well um, across the board um, how they feel in terms of comfort level being. Uh, not so confident and and those being very confident and it and it also factors in with what they know about their county, what they know about their schools. So, um, you know, there are some teachers that they know very well how their school functions in terms of janitorial services or uh, custodial services and whether that's subcontracted or whether that's in-house. So the, the confidence level that they have with knowing that their classroom is gonna be clean when they come in the, in the morning, the next day, really um that is the major issue in in terms of the out of control aspect once the kids are in the classroom they have that control they can really determine how they're gonna 
um, run with the day. But the time that they have to spend in cleaning, the time, the extra time that they have to factor in with um, reminding kids about social distancing or wearing their masks, you know, the entire day, all of that factors into the decision making. That's a great point that you raise, and I think that um, the teachers, the administrators, you know, they deserve so much respect and credit for the challenges that they have to navigate you know, in a normal environment. And then this just layers additional uh, requirements and challenges on top of that. And I think we can't say enough how much we appreciate how difficult it is of what they're doing. And that's a good segue over to you, Magali, because I know for several years now, you've actually been coordinating our school's programs, working with PE teachers and also various after-school providers. So I wanted to ask you, what have you been hearing from them about their comfort level and their ability to either have uh, tennis and PE or run some after-school programs this fall? What are they saying to you? Yeah, so, um, you know, that, that question is very tricky just because um, overall, you know, we, we understand as a department and myself also that's sort of an unprecedented time for a lot of them. So, um, you know, we, we also, we didn't want to pressure them and we respect that for them right now, they have to figure out, you know, what P is going to look like for them in the fall. So, um, you know, we've sort of, we've sort of let them navigate that right now and not, you know, put too much pressure on asking them, you know, how they feel about running tennis, just because, you know, we love tennis. Tennis is great, but for them, I think like they have other priorities before they can start thinking about adding tennis as part of a unit for the fall. So, and because we've had so, you know, amazing relationships with a lot of different P administrators for various counties, they know that, you know, if they need anything from us, if they want, you know, a workshop, a virtual workshop, if they want any, um, resources, information about what USTA can provide during these times. Um, a lot of them have just reached out on their own. So that's sort of the approach that we've taken is, you know, because we have those relationships, they know they can come to us and, you know, we will jump to assist them. So we've sort of taken that approach of let, let once they're comfortable, let's have them come to us. And then, you know, we'll have everything ready for them, no matter what, you know, PE looks like for them in the fall. Excellent. You know, that actually leads me into the next question that I have for both of you. Uh, I know that virtual school and homeschool has been top choices out there that many parents are considering right now, particularly parents who may not feel comfortable with their children going back to school. So um, I wanted to ask each of you if you see opportunities for us to deliver programs maybe in a different way for students who are at home. And Danielle, I'll start with you since you have two students at home to kind of hear what your perspective is. Yeah, you know, and thank you, Laura, because what we've learned through um, this whole new uh, normal is that the services that you provide uh, within our team, especially marketing, has helped us navigate the new normal. So if, if we see that uh, really the whole world is going virtual, you know, obviously, professionally it has, so now the schools are going virtual, then we will adjust um, to those needs and um, the services and, and the talent that you have, that we have at the section will help us 
uh, provide a platform for the teachers or for the homes, um, whoever is in need. And so I think we're going to adjust. We've seen it very successfully done in the adaptive space with love suffering autism. And there's, there is no reason why we can't continue in, in that platform. Great. Meg, do you have anything that you'd like to add there on kind of what the appetite might be for at home type of tennis programs? Yeah. I mean, you know, overall, um, schools tennis was sort of thought because that's where most kids are, right? I mean, when we want to reach as many kids to give them the opportunity to try tennis, it's because in, in the normal days, you know, kids went to school. So now we sort of have to adjust to that, that, you know, the new normal, you'll have maybe some kids that are in school, some kids that are at home. So I think trying to trying to be able to reach them no matter where they are has always been the goal with schools tennis so i think now we just have to adapt to you know what the new normal looks like and you know i'll give a shameless plug here for a couple of our facilities that um even in the past when we were sort of in the old normal that had really started to do some tennis programs for homeschoolers and i think that at the time those programs were really small and it gave us a little bit of a window into the opportunities that might be there to do better at serving homeschoolers so i think you're right you know with now more more students at home more more kids at home how can we expand and and do those programs better so traditionally, for, for nearly all of our training that we've done for schools and after schools, we've, we've usually done that in person. And I know both of you put a lot of miles on our company vehicle and, you know, you've gone a lot of places around around the state that now maybe we can't do that so much anymore. So do you see an opportunity for us to move more toward that virtual training for providers? And what might that look like? And I'll, I'll start with you, Meg, since you oversaw a number of those trainings. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it goes back to just adapting to the situation. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a strong believer that, you know, I don't think there's any virtual workshop, at least in uh, the trainings that we operate when it comes to after school or PE, that will ever replace maybe the in-person workshop just because you can do a lot more with, you know, trying the activities and those sorts of things. But I think right now, you know, those workshops are not really an option <laughs> or at least a safe one. So, um, you know, if we still want teachers out there, after school leaders to feel comfortable introducing tennis, I think the virtual option um, is definitely the best one. And as of now, we're ready to go on both ends. So whether we have PE teachers out there that want a refresher, that maybe have taken a workshop in person with us and now just want a refresher and maybe a little bit more guidance as to how to do it, you know, from home or socially distancing outdoors or in the gymnasiums, that's something that we can offer. And similarly with the after school, if they want to you know, bring tennis into their regular scheduling during their after school programs. That's also we can do. That's also something that we're ready to go virtually. So we're ready for them. <laughs> Danielle, what's your perspective? How do you see virtual training and education kind of shaking out for us in the fall and maybe even longer as we deal with this COVID environment? I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's one of the ones that we can really maybe make more headway in as opposed to our traditional events or even traditional workshops. 
I think a training, whether it's an individual training or a small group of teachers or even uh, a large group, um, what, what we can do in this time is just be ready for when they are ready to have their events or their programs. Um, you know, let's say worst case scenario, it's January 2021. Um, then we have this time to uh, get them ready to feel comfortable, whether they're going to do it socially distancing or whether they're going to do it traditionally as we used to do it. No matter what, we're going to use this time to uh, provide those trainings and, and volunteer wise whoever we can reach, honestly, so that uh, we're using this time wisely. I love that. I love that. No matter what, no matter how you need it, we are here to get you what you need. So that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. We're here to serve you. So you tell us what you need and we'll try to do our best to get it to you. So we always ask at the end of almost every podcast, you know, for our audience to kind of share with us what they're thinking. So um, I'm going to ask each of you, what would you like to hear from our audience that would help us develop and implement some of the programs that we've talked about for this fall and maybe into 2021? So Danielle, I'm going to come to you first and ask you what you would like to hear specifically from parents. Thank you, Laura. I think, you know, I, I would love for parents to be honest um, in terms of um, their practicality, um, to, to, to be confident in admitting, listen, I need 30 minutes of my time. So can I count on you, USA Florida, to um, take my, my children um, and or a neighborhood of kids and then um, conduct uh, a class, a tennis class, a tennis camp. I think what, what we need to hear is how can we serve you and we, we will make it happen so that you have the, the benefits that you need to keep going in this new normal successfully. I think that's a great observation. And Mag, I'm gonna ask you a similar question, but for teachers, what would you like to hear from teachers that would help us to maybe develop and implement some tools or programs that could help them? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we've actually, as a department, we've created a survey just to hear a little bit more in details what teachers and more specifically PE teachers need from us. And um, so, you know, we'll, we'll definitely link this. Um, but I think overall, you know, we want to we wanna hear more of what PE looks like for them in their county. And then also what, what is it that, you know, we can create or maybe that we haven't thought of um that can ease the process if tennis is something that they choose to do as a unit in the fall um no matter what you know PE looks like for them so whether it's virtual or in class I mean at the end of the day we we just want to make sure that they feel like they're delivering tennis and they feel that their students are safe and um that they're able to follow all the guidelines necessary so I think just hearing more, you know, what is it that they need from us also from like a resources or, or different tools that we can provide. That's awesome. And as Meg mentioned, we will link to our survey um, on this podcast from everywhere that you will find it. So please take some time to complete it. If you are listening to this, you're a teacher, a parent, or if you happen to be a student and you have some ideas of your own, we'll take them all and uh, sift through them and see what we can do. So with that, um, we're going to wrap up today's podcast.
thank you so much, Danielle and Magalie, for joining me. And thank you for all the work that you both have put in over the years and the work that you're doing now to kind of pivot and help serve um, our uh, kids in the schools and after school programs. You guys do a fantastic job and I'm just really, really proud to work with both of you. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Laura. For those of you who are listening to the audio only version of this podcast, just a friendly reminder to please visit USTA Florida's Facebook page where you can find the full video and you can leave your comments and questions underneath. And you'll also find a link to the survey we mentioned on our Facebook page and on our podcast page, which is USTAFlorida.com slash here to serve. Thank you all for tuning in and have a wonderful and safe rest of your week.